Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 148, and we have the wonderful Lauren Bath back on the show, Australia's first professional Instagrammer. Hi, this is Lauren Bath, and you are listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have Lauren back on the show today, and she actually shares with us today what she had to do to make her business work and what kind of challenges she has been through where she really had to learn how to trust and where she really had to do the work to make it all work. Deemed Australia's first professional Instagrammer by national media, Lauren Bass pioneered the Australian influencer industry. She has over half a million of dedicated followers on Instagram, and she's one of Australia's most powerful travel Instagrammers, and also a savvy social media consultant, teaching her people how to get paid to travel. And she also takes her clients on to photography tours to Zimbabwe. What I personally love about her tours is that she is supporting the anti-porching efforts and she's supporting conservation and raising awareness of the misuse of animals in tourism. And today we are set for another amazing episode with her story of not just being a chef behind a kitchen stove to influencer, but also the challenges on the way and how Lauren overcame those. So have fun tuning in. Well, I'm so excited to have you back on the show, Lauren. Welcome. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. And uh, oh, I loved our first conversation. Thank you so much that you shared so openly your path and, and the struggles that came with it when you just jumped and had faith and left your job, so to speak. And then just recently really investing all of your savings investing into coaches, investing into building a program, a business a partnership with, with two other amazing powerhouses to get, to get more impact and to change the world. But one, one thing that's really important, it's to change your world, to make sure that you not get burned out at some time that you have more time with, you know, just maybe a little bit relaxing and spending time with people you love and what would you think was your biggest learning that you could share from being in those situations that felt tight, that gave you some kind of worry to where you are now? What would be a good advice for entrepreneurs? Because we do have those ups and downs, uh, like most of the time, right? It's kind <laughs> of a roller coaster. What can you share with somebody that might not be on that roller coaster for so long yet to, to inspire them? <laughs> Uh, I would say if you can, uh, whether you're starting out and you're not at that point yet or whether you are at that point where you're very overwhelmed, I would definitely, definitely give the advice to get help, you know, work with coaches, rely on your support network, do the mindset work. You know, I started, I just started trying everything. I was doing meditation. I still do journaling, sort of art therapy, um, you know, I started even seeing a psychologist, getting to, you know, talking about some childhood stuff that I believe was holding me back. And ultimately, everything that I've done has helped to just clear the cobwebs, help me realize my strengths and help me not be so busy and so overwhelmed all the time. And the funniest thing was when my coach, well, our, our mindset coach out of the two, 
when she first, she did an exercise with us where she taught us about overwhelm. And when she asked me about my overwhelm, my response was, I don't get overwhelmed. I'm fine. You know, I have good days and bad days, but ultimately, you know, it's all good. And then, uh, so she worked with my business partners first. And as they were talking, I started to think about my behaviors at various times when my workload is heavy. And I realized that actually, holy shit, like I get super super overwhelmed I go into denial I start binge watching tv shows when I should be working I feel sick to my stomach all the time because the work is not getting done and then I go into these mad frenzies of work and then you know things lighten up and I start to accept more work again because I'm feeling good and the whole cycle starts again so it has just helped me in ways that I cannot even express to you you know I've I've gone from being someone that's quite scared um, I still, you know, I've still done lots of scary things and what I've achieved is not to be underestimated. But now I, I genuinely feel like the sky is the limit. There's nothing that I can't achieve. Uh, I've got solid business relationships. I'm very comfortable with vulnerability. I've got strong boundaries. I've got work-life balance. And all of this has really happened in the last 12 months. And the other thing is that I'm pregnant. <laughs> so my life okay. is changing in ways I never thought that I would be a mother. And I think that if it hadn't have been for all of this work, I wouldn't have been ready and I wouldn't have been a good parent. So I'm now just so, so much of my heart has opened up because of the, the mindset work that I did because of business. So it oh, definitely helps. It. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so, so much. Yeah, and big congratulations again on, on that thank new you. journey, bringing, bringing life into this world and being prepared to inspire and to, to motivate and to, you know, set another human being up for success. I think it's so important <laughs> because children are watching us. You're right. You know, I mean, doesn't need, you know, I don't have any children. I just have furry children, but you know, <laughs> I have a niece and she kind of looks what I'm up to and the children of my friends uh, kind of have an idea. So I think it's really important that we, we show kids how beautiful the world can be and what, what's possible if you believe in yourself, if you have a good mindset that doesn't hold you back, but that helps you to move, to move forward. So do you remember like the very first thing that you have ever sold in your entire life? That I've ever sold? That you've ever <laughs> sold, like where you were like asking for money and there was a transaction <laughs> that happened. I can, I can. <laughs> um, I, my mom always likes to joke that I was very entrepreneurial when I was little. And uh -huh. it's funny, my partner was bringing it up the other day because it's, it's almost like I was on this track for so long in this trajectory. And I finished high school and you know, I, I was in the wrong relationship. I moved to North Queensland. I was just drinking and chefing and having fun. Everything stopped dead. And it wasn't until I, I quit my chefing job to do this, that all of that started to unlock again. You know, we lose so much of our childhood creativity because of what society teaches us and, and what school teaches us and, and conformity. But the story is when I was very young, I would say 10 maybe even nine or 10, um, I used to sell pot puree bags to my neighbors. So the funny thing was I, I had the idea. I wanted to make some pocket money. I knew that pot puree bags smelled good and they were flower petals. So I would walk around the neighborhood and steal everybody's flowers. And I'm talking, <laughs> I would just rip rose bushes up out of people's gardens 
uh, I tried to dry the flower petals. I had enlisted a couple of my neighborhood friends, realized that that takes a long time. You know, I had them out for half an hour. They weren't dry. What's going on? So we <laughs> microwaved them. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever smelt microwaved flower petals. Not great. <laughs> uh, so then we just stole some of my friend's mum's perfume sprayed that on the mulchy, rotten microwave flower petals that we'd stolen, wrapped it in little muslin bags and tied it with red string. And then I had the audacity to go and knock on the same doors whose flowers I'd stolen. And I was a genius. I was a genius. I didn't have a price. They would answer the door, a cute little redhead girl at the door. And I would say I was selling pot puree bags. They would ask me how much and I would bat my eyes and say, however much you can afford to give. And these people would give me, like, this is going back nearly 30 years. Some people would give me $5 for a rotten, stinky, stolen flower pop puree bag. I was raking it in. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the first time, apart from pocket money, that I can remember making my own money. Well, and I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> what a story. I love it. Yeah, and, and what, you know, coming back to, um, especially the first episode where we talked about the passion and the product you're believing in and the good you, you make <laughs> and do in the world. I mean, that's that's a big shift <laughs> from, you know, <laughs> I don't think I had the passion for rotten pot puree bags, but I definitely wanted the money. <laughs> well, I think you found a pretty good path now <laughs> where you really deliver amazing value. You don't need to steal from Fair your enough. neighbors <laughs> and you're making uh, a, a good amount of money too, uh, creating the lifestyle you desire. I just, I just love that story. I think it's the funniest story I've heard so far. <laughs> Thank you so not much. everybody has that story. <laughs> no, not not everybody has that story. That's that's totally true. Um, but that it does show that some people are maybe a little bit more entrepreneurial, and especially creative. Right? It comes down to creativity because if if we don't have people in our lives and you talked about the environment and the importance of your environment, the people you surround yourself with as a kid. Well, you, I don't know that kids are that aware that they can actually choose, but, um, you know, when, when your parents don't show you how it works to have an, a business or to be entrepreneurial, you, you're not going to pick it up in school. You're not going to pick no. it up when you go study somewhere because you are prepared to be a good person in the workforce, <laughs> which yes. for most of the people, that's not really how they fulfill their dreams. For some people, it's perfect. And I have nothing against having a job. I had one long enough. But for some people, it's like they want more freedom. They want to travel more. They want to explore more. They have that curiosity, that playfulness, that creativity. And, and a workplace, like a regular job, is just not giving that to people most of the time. So, um, yeah, I really love that, that story. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing. So when you, when you grew older and you started your own business, how did you deal with rejection? What happened when somebody said no to you? I was pretty good with rejection, I have to say. I, I did understand that I was doing something or offering a service that was very new. 
Uh, I did realise very early on that in order to do my job well, I needed to understand a lot more about tourism marketing and I went to some efforts to, to try and understand that. But in saying that, there were definitely a handful of opportunities that I really wanted at the time that fell through. And I can remember sort of dwelling on those rejections or those losses for a lot of time and using a lot of energy, thinking I'm not good enough, um, which has thankfully massively passed. You know, I, I really understand timing. I understand that if it doesn't work, there's a reason for it. And in particular, I understand that our biggest lessons lie in our failures. So for me, I just look at everything as, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for everything, the opportunities and the rejections, because they all are helping me to get to where I need to be. And yeah, rejections, like I said, you actually learn more, I think, from your failures than you do from your successes. So I have a very, very healthy, positive mindset around rejection these days. Yeah. I know there's so many opportunities out there. Yeah, totally. So it, it has been a process for you to learn how to handle rejections, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody yeah. likes to be rejected. And when you don't, you know, when you come from working in the workforce where there's not really much you can get rejected for, um, yeah, it was, it's, it was a hard pill to swallow for a while, but now I'm all good. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good news. You can get over it. And, you know, we, we touch <laughs> rejection quite often in these interviews just to see the different mindset people have around it and, and learnings because yeah, you don't need to love rejection, but getting something out for you, understanding, being grateful that you even had the opportunity to pitch or to invite the person mm -hmm. to buy from you, that already shows you're doing the work. If you wouldn't do the work, there wouldn't Absolutely. be any rejection, right? If you sit on your couch and binge watch next Netflix, <laughs> then <laughs> there's not much rejection you can get. But if you're out yeah. conquering the world and making your dreams come true, then there is a lot of rejection and challenges, but you can take them, you can learn, you can improve, and you can maybe find different creative ways to, to get there if one path doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. And one of the quotes that I love at the moment is that 80% of life is showing up. If you don't show up, you're just never going to get ahead, especially in your own business. Yes. So if you keep, keep showing up, keep doing the work, continuing to put yourself out there, eventually it won't be rejections. It will be. Yeah. 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 And just what you mentioned, like your path within the 12 months, the last 12 months, is showing that exactly you kept showing up, you kept building, you kept creating, and then all of a sudden it clicked last minute, but it clicked, right? <laughs> and I've been, <laughs> I've been in those moments. I've, I've been in those yeah. moments totally where like all of a sudden, you know, you invest, you, you spend money and then you realize, well, I don't even know if that was too wise, <laughs> like nothing is coming in at the moment. And then like last minute, you have two clients signing up for private coaching or something like this. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a true believer that it works, even though oftentimes it's, it just really feels uncomfortable, but that's something mm. you have to get over with. And you said just like a minute ago, you said the word gratitude, being grateful. Is that something you learned or is that something that was like always on your path? 
because I know that some some children really learn early on to be grateful, and some well might not ever learn it, and some <laughs> learn it later. How how is this gratitude piece? How did it come into your life, and and what do you feel it has done for you? I I believe that I have always been a very optimistic person. Uh, I've always been relatively happy grateful um but something that i definitely wasn't conscious of uh again like i was too busy being busy to understand that i was grateful for anything and like a lot of people that are successful we really (laughs) are not that good at actually stopping and appreciating where we're at and being grateful for where we're at right now it's always the next thing and a big thing that our coach has worked with us on is the fact that, you know, think back even two years, would I have imagined that I am where I am right now? And the answer is absolutely no, I I would have no idea. So two years ago, would I have imagined that I am where I am right now? And the answer is no. So that that's one piece that I've worked on with my coach. But in general, I started to become more familiar with the importance of being grateful on a day-to-day basis I'd say a couple of years ago, I even did a 365-day grateful project. Uh, I actually have some ideas around how to bring that to the world down the track. Um, but in general, now I'm very conscious of it and conscious how, um, how good it is for my mindset. So every day I've, I really stop to appreciate the things that are happening around me, whether I've just stepped over a feather on the grass or whether I can take my shoes off and sink my toes into the grass or it's a lovely fresh breeze or whatever it is, there's countless moments throughout the day where I stop and I just think how grateful I am for everything that I have and for my life and my success and my partner. And yeah, I think it's, um, it really helps in, in your life, but you know, in business as well, there's, there's so many, so many things that I wouldn't have expected to help me in business that have and gratitude is one of them. Yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a big believer that gratitudes or gratitude really helps you to to up level not just your life but also your business. And mm. I think it's especially important when you are in places where you don't feel that comfortable, where you know maybe you're worrying where your next clients are coming from or how you're going to pay your bills or if the new project is going to work out or whatever it is stepping into that piece of gratitude and really getting clear what you have achieved, what was given to you, the connections you have, all the money you have ever received in your life. I think that Mm -hmm. really helps to, to put your energy up and to put you on a positive path of thinking, right? That doesn't mean that everything is rosy and everything is you know wonderful but it gives you the opportunity to approach things from a different way of just being you know, I got so far why why wouldn't I come even further mm-hmm. right it, I think it, yeah, it opens agree. up space gratitude so um do, do you have a gratitude practice like how do you remind yourself that you you know do you want to stop for a moment even when you're so busy to to give gratitude Um, I don't have a process. I just let myself feel it. I let myself slow down and and have that experience in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But I, um, I spend, I spend quite a lot of time in Zimbabwe. My partner is Zimbabwean. I mean, I mentioned that I'm running tours over there. 
but it's, you know, Zimbabwe has been a big piece, I think, for me in how I've changed my mindset over the years. Because the time I spend over there with my partner's family, they are not wealthy. They're living in a country that is on the brink of civil war. You know, there's a lot of unrest and instability in the economy. Living conditions are quite um, basic. There's often no running water. There's often no electricity. It's cold water bucket showers. And, you know, I'm living there for sometimes a couple of months on end. But, you know, you, you stop and you think, well, I'm grateful that I have water. You know, I'm grateful that I'm able to have this bath, even though it's cold. <laughs> um, you know, I'm grateful that I have a full tummy, that I've had a beautiful meal of, you know, fresh produce. I'm grateful that I'm surrounded by people I love and smiling, laughing children and, and that I have the time to, to have this experience. And I'm grateful for the sunset and, you know, taking that experience and then applying it into the Western world you know, how can you not be grateful? Like, oh, a multi, you know, a multi five figure deal just fell through. Like, oh, poor me. Like, I've just come back from not having any running water for the last six weeks. So it really helps me to put things into perspective as well. Mm. Um, having that, that connection to that country. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, and it's a good reminder that we are so fortunate where we grew up and what we get to do that you know, like smaller things or that seem to be big for us. It's just something that somebody else wouldn't even get to think about or worry no. about. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about you being so busy. Like, do you feel like you have more like a balance and harmony in your business and life right now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest skills that I've taught myself and, you know, with my coach's support is around planning. So every week now, generally on a Sunday night or a Monday morning, I put together just a weekly check-in where I write down everything that has to be done during the week. And then every single morning I refer to that list and I take three to six tasks that need to be done during the week. I write them onto my list and that's all I do that day. So I generally try, I try to do the worst thing first. Um, yeah. If it's bigger jobs, uh, I will actually schedule it into my calendar, giving myself ample time. So there's no excuses. And every day I feel like I'm progressing. And doing that, you know, working in chunks, knowing exactly what you're working on, having the time scheduled, knowing that it's all sort of feeding into your week's responsibilities and, you know, hopefully even better having a sort of a more overarching vision and, and you know, one, two, five or ten year goal it actually helps to keep you on track because every day you feel like you're moving forward. You're not sort of lost in the, the busyness and the scrappy errands. And, you know, I could spend countless hours just doing emails or spending time on something stupid that should take me five minutes. So just really plugging away, getting those things done. It means that I have time every day, especially when I'm at home, obviously, to have some time in the morning with my partner. Um, we will, I do intermittent fasting. So when I'm in my eating period, I like to eat just beautiful, fresh meals. I still love food. So every day we have at least an hour where we sit down together and share a beautiful meal that I've prepared by hand. Cooking is, you know, like meditation for me. So I prepare something lovely. We eat together and every evening I sort of try to knock off at a reasonable hour and we, you know, we go and photograph sunset together. He's getting into video at the moment. And then we'll watch an episode of whatever show we're watching. So we have a pretty nice life at the moment. 
and yeah. that would not have happened under, <laughs> under the old ways where I would just have this never-ending to-do list that literally never got shorter and every day would just be chaos panic from when I wake up to when I go to bed but realistically a lot of the time I was at my desk I would be procrastinating or not using the time the best way so now I'm very very clear on what I have to do and I get it done yeah, much more productively a, yeah it's a focus that comes with it right so basically mm. what you're doing you sit down on a Sunday or on a Monday you decide about the most important tasks of the week and then you break it down so that it's per day it's like about three tasks and you start three with the one, yeah, three to six. And you the start with one. the one you like <laughs> the least. You start yes. with that. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't know who said that. Like, eat the frog first, um, or something. Eat the frog. Is it, is it <laughs> yeah. Brian Tracy? Um, yeah. I'm so not I, sure who said I, it first. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's really really good advice. Yeah. So is there anything you would love to, like any? parting piece of guidance that you would love to to give to our heart-centered mission-driven community well i would assume that with the name of your podcast that most of your listeners are very driven very heart and passion driven with the work that i do so my advice would definitely be to trust that you know i've i've always trusted my passions i've had countless opportunities over the years to sell out and to make a lot more money doing something that I hate. Um, you know, I've talked quite a bit about business on this episode, but ultimately what I love the most is photography and travel and everything that I'm doing with my business is for, you know, the end result of being able to travel as much as I want with who I want, with complete freedom, financial freedom, um, and having a lot of impact specifically in Zimbabwe around conservation and, you know, helping the, the socioeconomic conditions over there of my family and the people of Zimbabwe. So if you stick to your passion for long enough and you're consistent and you continue showing up and you unlock your creative brain that we, it's almost like an unlearning process that I've been going through, you know, unlearning all of the conditioning that I've had over my life to go back to that childhood, anything is possible mentality you know, if, if you do that and you show up and do the work, you just can't lose. So trust yourself. Thank you so, so much. I will put all your links in the show notes so people can connect with you. The most important place or the place uh, where they probably get most from you is Instagram. <laughs> can you yeah. give your Instagram handle again? And then we're going to finish up. Instagram handle is at Lauren EP Bath. And I generally post everything there around my courses and my conference and all, you know, obviously my photography and my tours, it all ends up going there before it goes anywhere else. Cool. So if you want to be the first one, you need to be connected to Lauren on Instagram. And uh, thank you so, so much for sharing so openly, for letting us see the processes you, you went through recently and obviously in, in your life. And I think it's really inspirational and supporting for people. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I just love these episodes and I'm so inspired by all the different stories my guests are sharing here on Heart Sales Podcast. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab, and there you find Lauren's episode with the show notes, with all the resources we talked about, and most importantly, with all the links to connect with her. Make sure you connect with her on Instagram. She has beautiful pictures to share. 
And once you're over there at christineschlansky.com, sign up for the empowerment notes. This is empowerment right into your inbox about once a week. And also it has all the updates to Heart Sales Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wishing you a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Oh,